Hello everybody, my name is Marwan, and this is Marwan's Gadget Talk for Tuesday, 10th of November, 2020. Uh, okay, as I mentioned earlier on Twitter, we're probably start gonna release, we're gonna start to release episodes from, from now on, for, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, because Mondays and Wednesdays are quite hectic, and I kind of missed the deadline a lot, and some episodes of my show have been on Tuesdays. So, that's that. But um, obviously today is the 10th of November and uh, everyone knows that Apple is doing an event later on uh, for the new Apple devices. But this is the third Apple event this year and it'll be all about the Apple Silicon-based Macs. Now this is a, such a massive deal uh, because I think earlier at WWDC we've already heard that Apple was planning to move Mac and Mac OS over to Apple Silicon chips instead of Intel. Intel was great, but then they're moving it to Apple Silicon processors because why not? And uh, it's such a ge- it's such a generational leap ahead. Uh, it'll obviously, if Apple if Apple succeeds using an A series processor straight away, probably an A fourteen Z processor, uh, probably on the MacBooks, then it will change the game uh, completely, and uh, it would transform probably. Uh, it would probably bring Apple's. Perf- Apple's laptops performance neck and neck with the next to, to the next best sorts of options from say uh, from say Intel from say like gaming laptops and stuff so yeah that's the thing so as I earlier said uh, in the event we'll probably expect a some new thir- uh, some new MacBook Pros and Airs uh, size wise the 16 inch apparently what I've heard is it'll that will not be coming out uh, soon enough so that's that's that pretty much so um the 13 and 15 inch macbook air and pro are probably announced apparently there's also a 16 inch macbook pro in development but that's going to come out next year oh and if y'all be thinking about the iMacs well let's just say let's wait till next year for a apple silicon based iMac apparently they'll probably have an all new design it'll obviously be a little bit like the pro display xdr uh, it'll be a bit more with uh, pretty thin bezels. They'll probably do something massive to co- to take in the fact that it'll this, this not just a iMac but an Apple Silicon iMac, and so they'll probably make it a whole lot slimmer, and also an all new design where the screen it's an all screen almost bezelless, li- a little like the iPad Pro. But we'll wait and see on that. And obviously there is the AirTags and then the Apple the AirPod Studio. And then the new Apple TV. If those kind of been, uh, those are shown off at least and, and announced, then I think that would be lovely, uh, because we've heard a lot about those other three devices. So, but yeah, I mean, the move to Apple Silicon is really a big deal because Apple si- Apple's chipsets are based on ARM architecture, and ARM architecture in general, primarily if you look from ARM itself, they really are stepping up their processing game, and are really getting up the ladder in terms of performance. And really, then this next kind of uh, tidbit that we're talking about uh, really is this is coming surprisingly around the time when Apple is going to be launching an all new, brand new, really, uh, pretty much brand new uh, CPUs, pretty much that will power the MacBooks. The rest of the market looks like the rest of the market is closely watching Apple. Uh, if they're able to get it all going off the ground, then um, this could be a significant deal, pretty much. So apparently, ARM a few days ago la- launched the Cortex A78C core, uh, which apparently is basically it is really really fast in a set in a sense. Uh, hang on, I mean, so essentially it's designed for always connected PCs, laptops, and Chromebooks. Essentially, 
uh, computers running on ARM chipsets, basically competing products with the upcoming MacBooks, uh, Chromebooks, and 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 quote unquote. There's a term for these kinds of PCs running ARM chips called always connected PCs, because uh, always connected PCs have, uh, I mean, always connected PCs have like this. Um, uh, have the fact that the smartphone chip it has network chips in it and so it'll give you always on 4G and 5G connection so able to instantly access it right there so the A78 the A78C core uh, is built has can do up to eight CPU cores in a single cluster up from four which means that it could be coming handy for a laptop design and it is really really efficient in design uh, to do this, ARM has revamped its dynamic, dynamic with an IQ on it, shared unit, to support a larger silicon layout required by eight big CPU cores. The DSU also supports up to eight megabytes of L3 cache, allowing the cores to work in tandem on large data sets stored in memory. This is the same as the even more powerful Cortex X1. Um, so. You basically get optimized timing support. Essentially, the processor has been sharpened up really well uh, to the point that it can kind of compete with desktop, full desktop CPUs from Intel and AMD, and that could change the game completely. Um, and um, this this C now the A the C and A78C is obviously to mention computers, and obviously uh, is figured out and if kind of figured out multi-core options. Um, so it seems like ARM is working on desktop grade CPUs and they're getting to that market too. Um, and um, it looks obvious that uh, Apple's not the only one looking to move their computers over to smartphone chips that are obviously about to hit desktop grade performance. But ARM and obviously uh, Qualcomm and MediaTek are closely watching this and I'm sure uh, Qualcomm uh, MediaTek is doing an event uh, thing this week and so is and Qualcomm's doing its summit in December in the f on the 1st of December and so we're probably on those two events we'll get to hear what they have based on these new cores and architecture but it looks like they're working towards that goal of having ARM based computers Apple is obviously ahead in this regard or Apple is getting to as is pretty much in the thick of it so that's going to be interesting to say the least um, I mean it's quite it's quite significant that um, uh, uh, that uh, the PC market is moving to smartphone grade chipsets but that those smartphone grade chipsets are really really fast at what they do it's it, again it's, it's 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 running so fast and it's pretty much leaps and bounds ahead of the competition so that's something to point out and it's kind of interesting to talk about pretty much so yeah interesting times uh, for CPU all CPUs that pretty much if you think about now dominant computing architecture it really is ARM instead of x86 x86 is probably gonna go go the way of the dodo pretty much so that's for sure and moving on uh, <coughs> uh, this is about the oneplus watch pretty much so there are two bits tidbits of information really um, apparently the oneplus watch won't run android uh, would won't run uh, Wear OS by Google apparently uh, this is from Max Jambor or at Max GMB and he tweeted this out uh, three days back OnePlus watch does not run Google's Wear OS now that's kind of surprising because obviously uh, Oppo and and Xiaomi have uh, have added Wear OS to an extent and uh, on top of that uh, 
but it's interesting because you know one if, if they're not gonna run Wear OS then what OS will OnePlus take? Now I think there is a good reason to this. I mean, Wear OS is not that solid or reliable for a lot of uh, for f to basically be the Apple Watch compete kind of the polar opposite of the of Apple Watch's Watch OS. There's Watch OS and then there's Wear OS, but the thing is. Wear OS is not that strong enough to basically be a to make people switch over to a Android wearable pretty much. I mean and Google has had a very hard time with wearables. It's deal with Fitbit. I don't know if it's kind of well forgot about it that they bought Fitbit. Let's see if they're still owned by Google. I did see that the deal with Google didn't really go so yeah, it's still pending. So um it's kind of interesting because, yeah, it's taken it's taken Google a long time by Fitbit, yikes! So variable Android and variables haven't really gone together quite well. There are the tick watches and stuff, but then you know a few people have bought them, so they're not as mainstream as the Apple Watch. So that's the thing, really. So this could this is probably. Uh, it's not a big deal really because if you buy a wearable is this it's not really gonna be a deal breaker the feature sets need to be there on a wearable to make people buy it it has all the all the major fitness tracking features it's got major services then people get over it. Uh, Samsung's wearables have been quite popular uh, even though um, they Samsung doesn't go doesn't really sell that many watches compared to Apple I mean it's, it is I think it is the third biggest wearable maker but then that's the Samsung brand name but also their Tizen based OS is really solid I've played around with it and I tell you I'd use that watch way well over say the well over other watches uh, like the Apple watch I mean it's all about I think it's all about how popular smartphone brand is also I feel that OnePlus this wouldn't be a deal breaker if they don't have Wear OS. Like it's not gonna make a massive difference. It still needs to connect to a phone with an app, and we're Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. And so, I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not like a deal breaker if OnePlus does cannot like uh, uh, doesn't use Google's uh, variable operating system. I mean, it does have its own. It would still work because I think the thing is it's about the attachment. People buy OnePlus phones, and a lot of them love to have wearables, and then they buy OnePlus watch. They really, and I think. I myself and probably a lot of people out there wouldn't really care about what OS is on it. It's not like it's going to make a massive difference in performance or what kind of apps you get access to. I mean, it, there's no, there's no perceivable difference, pretty much. You could say, if there's a word to say, there's not much of a difference. Um, so, um, but more interesting is that um, uh, more interesting is that the OnePlus Watch itself. We don't even know when it's coming out. That's another annoying part. Uh, there was a plan to bring it out with the OnePlus 80, but then it got delayed indefinitely. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll have to wait and see. But I hope they do make it ready for a good release. I mean, the Oppo Watch is out, and I've heard some good reviews about it. It's like apparently a solid Android copy of an Apple Watch, but. Uh, yeah, man, and there's also another report that kind of came out. This was a leak from Ad Digital Chat Station on Weibo, and he wrote and he basically posted a picture of sort of a OnePlus Watch Cyberpunk edition. There's the OnePlus 80 Cyberpunk 2077 edition, but then there's also this, which is the watch, and there's like a special band with it, uh, first with the Cyberpunk logo. The thing is, the game's coming out next month, so they still have a bit of time to woo people away and release a 
limited edition OnePlus watch, but I mean, we really don't know when it's coming out, so that's the thing. So, uh, I mean, we'll have to literally wait and see for this one. So, uh, I mean, we're waiting for one. I mean, the time is ticking for, they shouldn't, I mean, we're not going to settle for a Fitbit. That's the thing. So, yeah. So, and I'm kind of catching up on last week's sort of stories, but this kind of came out last week and I kind of skipped over it. Pretty much it was on Thursday. So, yeah. So, Samsung brought out a China, another China-only phone. That's interesting. Samsung still wants to get that Chinese market because consumers are quite loyal and stuff. I mean, if they stick to one brand, they'll buy the next. But they apparently released a China-only wearable. The W21 5G is this slightly larger uh, wearable, uh, foldable phone, sorry, foldable phone. Um, apparently, this is, it's identical to the Z Fold 2. Has an extra SIM card slot because the thing in China is that you could do eSIMs, but the, you can't really do it on a variety of phones. Apparently, so you need still need physical SIM cards. I mean, but I'm sure Huawei has a solution for eSIM down the road. But I don't know, they couldn't get it deployed. Probably there's some, I don't know what the reasons are for eSIMs not being deployed. But uh, you get you get two physical SIM card slots. Apparently, the overall outer chassis, it has, it's a different design pretty much. Uh, it's got this, the back of it, it's a little different. Instead of this matte tone finish, it's just got this kind of, um, you know the, the, you know this kind of super shiny line? Like this kind of, uh, sort of, uh, line sort of thing. It's a little like on luggages, sort of on t rough luggages, like that kind of design. It's quite, it's a bit like most Devly series phones from Samsung. Yes, they do make phones that are like, that fold up and stuff, so they probably made for that one. Uh, I mean, uh, the price, you don't get a difference in price really. I mean, this, the W21G, the, tw the W21 5G uh, start costs $3,000, so that's 20,000 yuan, so that's roughly... 3,000 yuan more than the Z Fold 2. That's interesting. Aside from that, from the design, and it's 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 a tad bit bigger than the Z Fold 2. It's a it's a it's a whole whole lot bigger, whole lot taller. So they have made a bigger phone for a big market. So on top of the extra physical SIM card and different design, you get an eight Snapdragon 865, 2 gigabytes of RAM, 512 gigabytes of storage, exactly the same camera on the Z Fold 2. Um, so. But it's kind of interesting. A, it's got a pretty funky design. Um, it doesn't say when it's coming out. I'm probably sure this. The, the, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they have uh, probably released it this month or the next, probably. So, uh, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Samsung's made this uh, China-only foldable phone. I mean, the market's kind of important for high-end phones there. So that's that. So yeah, moving past uh, this one's was from all my me fanboys. This happened, uh, and uh, so uh, th the same kind of leakster who kind of showed off the watch bands for the OnePlus Watch Cyberpunk Edition. The same dude, uh, Digital Chat Station, he also cla uh, earlier claimed that there'll probably be three new Redmi Note 9 phones. The Redmi Note 9s have been very popular around the world, not just in China but across the world. Uh, but now. Uh, Probably now, uh, Xiaomi has filed to the Telecommunication Equipment Certification Center, or TENAA, China's own sort of uh, uh, certification body, have fi filed. Fi uh, they filed. Uh, they filed two new phones. Is it? Uh, they filed two new phones to the TENAA. 
has gone for certification in China. So the Redmi Note 9 5G and Redmi Note 9 Pro 5G. Um, so these are two phones. Um, uh, the design's quite interesting because it's essentially. Um, I don't know one, which one is this. Uh, it's got a circular ring, pretty much. I think that could be the bigger Pro, pretty much. And it looks a little like the Poco X. The back looks a little bit like the Poco X3, but it's a bit more refined because it's a 5G phone. So apparently, Redmi Note 9 Pro 5G will be based on the recently launched Mi 10T Lite 5G. Uh, that's that's one. But more than everything, um, there's obviously the non-pro version. So, based on the listing, the Redmi Note 9 5G will have a 6.53-inch FHD Plus display with a hole punch cut out on the top left for a 13-megapixel selfie camera, a MediaTek Dimensity 800U processor, gigabytes of RAM, 256 gigabytes of storage, three cameras, including a 48-megapixel main sensor. You've got to have a 48-megapixel sensor. I don't know what you're doing. On Earth, gotta have a 48 megapixel sensor. That's probably hot, hot. That's a hot kick camera sensor to have, and it has and it gives you crispy, crispy uh, resolution and a 5,000 mAh battery. I'm not. I'm probably thinking. Obviously, this has 5G. It's gotta have a massive battery of this size. Then there's the 9 Pro. They're obviously based on the Redmi uh, on the 9 Redmi 9 Note 9 Pro. God, I'm crapping out kind of. The Redmi Note 9 Pro. Uh, and it has a 6.67-inch FHD Plus display, Snapdragon 750G, uh, so a Snapdragan, woohoo, uh, and, and apparently 120 hertz refresh rate, which would probably be awesome, and a 108-megapixel primary sensor on the back. So it's, yeah, it's kind of based on the Mi 10T Lite 5G because it has those exact same specs, save the refresh rate i'm sure it can't come on such a cheap phone but and but but it only come with a seven thousand four thousand seven hundred and twenty milliamp hour battery so probably those cameras and processors are probably taking up that storage and a sign mounted fingerprint sensor and uh basically both will have me 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 ui 12 out of the gate god that's quite that was quite a struggle uh me ui 12 out of the gate so that's interesting so um yeah so um, it's pretty super duper 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 interesting what has happened with uh, with these phones. Um, so um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's there's gonna be a 5G version, and I'm sure they'll probably have it out ne early next year, early the first quarter of 2021. 2021's coming, guys. Two probably so two three months later. Uh, it will not make sense to launch in December. It probably cause the price to go down. So if they launch it from January, February, so Q1 2021 will be the one season to watch. Obviously, the uh, S21 or the S30 will come out, uh, and they're saying that it's not going to come out in March. It's going to be as soon be available as early as January because it is going to take a long, long while for folks to buy phones because we already have gone through a pandemic and and has stressed out logistics systems a lot all over the world. It's stressed out shipping routes. So the earlier they can pump out that phone out of the gate, the better. So that could happen. Uh, and also, primarily, um, this will come at a pretty interesting time because uh, early next year people will probably will be in the mood to buy a phone finally and they'll probably want a 5G phone. So interesting times ahead in that regard and about the s30 
um, I just read now somewhere that uh, it may have uh, it may be the first to do 120 hertz at at QHD plus resolution, which could be bananas for what it is. Um, so that could be quite the banana move, to say the least. Um, so, I mean, the smartphone industry, I mean, is this quite aggressively competitive? So that's that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, that's for sure. And kind of finally, finally, pretty much. Uh, now, Mr. Mobile, uh, good old Michael Fisher, Mr. Mobile, he made a video on the Nokia N95. It's part of, part of his nostalgia videos that he does on old, much older mobile phones, not smartphones. Really. They're kind of closest to smartphones, but they're mobile phones, technically. And he's talked about the N95, and I still remember the N95 because it was kind of radical for the time. There was the iPhone. Now, the iPhone changed the world and built a whole big, whole industry and really brought more players on the market. But the N95, though, was kind of still kind of cool because it had uh, sliders on, on either. It slid from the top and from the bottom. And so you could do multimedia functions and you could play back video and stuff. So it was the feature phone getting very advanced to the point that it became a smartphone, mind you. But that's cool. But, but, apparently, he then showed in the video, I haven't watched the video, frankly, so I can't speak too much of the detail inside, but, uh, but he brought up, he showed in the video, sort of a concept N95, sort of that HMD were looking to make, had hands on a concept, and was showing that it could, uh, it could, uh, it could do the back had this camera ring already of an of an 8.3 but had a ring ring had a ring around it so you just took it out and it would be a kickstand uh so he kind of showed off the concept in the video um and it was like very modern design and now the and now hmd's own exec nokia exec pretty much a famous nokia exec juho sarvikas um showed off pretty much showed off a Oh, there it is. Um, in in the video, it looks kind of cool. So essentially, the back there's like this kind of metallic thing. You pop it out. It's a kickstand, and essentially, it has it still retained the slider design. So you slid to the right side. It would give you stereo speakers, and if you and if you slide up, you'd get a camera and stuff. So that's pretty cool. So, I mean, I mean, it's kind of interesting what what was. Uh, I mean, it's kind of fascinating. He kind of tweeted, we all, uh, here, uh, we looked at a remake of this icon and also considered a vertical side concept, but the major issue here was that you could not access cameras and the speaker at the same time. Check out the sketch, what would you do? Kind of so, so, they had this idea, but they scrapped it because it would just, it just wouldn't work. And also kind of showed some pretty cool tricks sort of so you slide the phone from upwards the first part uh, you slide the phone from, from the upside and essentially you could uh, get you can use a big selfie camera so you can do video calls perfectly and you do the other way around and you can listen to music with full very loud stereo speakers and all that good stuff and then he went on saying we also explored a wide range of sliding options objective was to secure usability in both landscape and portrait as well as a comfortable single hand use how do you like the angle slider? You get into pretty some pretty valid mechanics with some of these. It showed pretty and obviously showed five kinds of sort of slider designs that they could have made, but it just could didn't happen. It never happened. So one is obviously from the top, one from the bottom, 
on the side and even at a specific angle and now i think about it they could have wowed people away but yeah i'm sure that the more they thought about this obviously the more they put looked into the practicality and then obviously into the sort of the mass manufacturing scalability of it it just didn't make sense i mean lg managed to make the lg wing mind you but then that's lg mind you they have a lot of money and resources and time and uh, they have display tech and so they're able to roll out such devices Nokia though I'm sure they couldn't really afford another kind of uh, bonkers wonk uh, sort of wonderful bonkers phone kind of they're trying to grow and so they could make quite pragmatic and straightforward and not too expensive smartphones then um, then it would pretty much it would pretty much uh, it pretty much uh, create sort of a it would uh, it would grow the market share this is kind of like taking chances and getting pretty wildly experimental i mean it's kind of sad that they didn't go with this concept but i'm sure that they probably they kind of know deep down that it's kind of hard for a lot of people to not only see a nokia phone or to see it in a store and get blown away but to buy one because they're not really everywhere yet so they have to figure out uh you know little things you know so it's kind of interesting that they had this concept in mind um they had this N95 concept. I, I think they should they should think about remaking some N-series phones. They've already remade a lot of their feature phones, but the N-series phones are closest to smartphones, and so they should pursue a remake, including the N70. I don't remember which one was it. It was like this fat smartphone, and it was like kind of a late answer to the iPhone, and it came out like nine, ten years ago. And you sl slide up and have a keyboard, keypad. There's like a brand Android. Uh, there's a brand that has made an Android phone with this design. I feel like Nokia should come out with those types of phones. This is wildly experimental. I'm sure this didn't really work out for them. And it didn't go into mass production because it's just hard to scale it up. So that was interesting, really. So that was the podcast. Obviously, day after tomorrow, we'll have another episode on Thursday. Uh, that's on Thursday, pretty much. We're going to talk all about the new MacBooks uh, that have come out, probably. Because I am expecting MacBooks, pretty much, at least. iMac is probably far away because they've probably yet to nail little bits out. And um, all that good stuff, really. And obviously, this month has been tech, tech, no, tech, Wember, pretty much a lot of new devices. Obviously, the sales, Black Friday sales and stuff. So that's that. So um, aside from that, uh, and obviously new consoles are coming out. So I'll probably talk about that later on. So um, yeah, that was the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Said underscore Mom 99. Yes, it was kind of short of an episode, but we managed to squeeze a lot of things in at this much time. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, subscribe and have a great day. Ciao. Thanks for listening.